It's the Tiltcast, episode 489, Bring the Salt. And this week, guys, we talk Demon Souls Remake, Halo Infinite, Warhammer Battle Sector, Black Book, and Icarus. Stay tuned. Ah, and we're back. Woohoo! It's the Tiltcast. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. And together with the two of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Bullshit. Some games, some news, but it's going to be a weird week. Um, Rusty's still got some stuff going on, so he is out tonight. Um, We've got, we were just talking about it. I think we've got one more show recording this year, and then we're going to start getting ready for Game of the Year. I know everybody else done their Game of the Year. I watched what they called the Game of the Year the other day. Um the- Game, 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 game awards. Um, and yeah, so that was a thing. But there was a lot of trailers that happened in that, which was great. So that's the thing. Yeah, even trailers for some stuff that we weren't expecting to see trailers from yet. Yeah. So like, um, oh, I didn't even go through my weather forecast. It's it's been a minute since we've done this. It is a. Uh, December 11th, 37 degrees at 9.14 p.m. <laughs> um, just remember to do that. But it's, uh, yeah. Um, so the other day, so about once a month um, here, COVID restrictions aren't nearly as bad as they are in some other places. So me, John, Matt, and Dave been getting together about once a month just to see each other because we didn't do any of that for more than a year. So... Um, we got together and Matt had the ideas like, hey, so VGAs are happening on Thursday. Can we get together on Thursday and watch the VGAs? Because Carrie's not going to want to deal with it. It's like, okay. Um, we can nice. do that. And he's like, will you barbecue? I was like, yes, I'll barbecue, Matt. And then I got ribs. And then I think Matt was getting slightly perturbed because I was like, yeah, I can make some like broccoli and some uh, some butter on the broccoli. And then John's like, yeah, I just want to eat like a less than a thousand calories so he's like i think i'm just gonna stick to ribs and a vegetable and matt's like what about mashed potatoes and what 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 about like uh what what about like some beans um what about some mac and cheese it's like matt bring some chips or something like you know we'll be all right so he bought chips he bought himself a self-serving size of mac and cheese that was huge (laughs) Um, and i made like squash zucchini and broccoli with some mozzarella and bacon melted together on top of it which i didn't think turned out bad at all um and then i made some ribs oh matt yeah matt's matt could never keto no (laughs) but you know like i used to rub that's keto friendly and yeah most of them are honestly like, you don't even have to go look. It just needs to be a rub that doesn't have sugar in it. Yeah, that's the only thing you got to avoid is the ones, the the sweeter ones, the ones that are going to have granulated sugar or brown sugar in them. Yeah, usually the rubs I use are like a mild, spicy paprika type rub. Yeah. Um, so it not really shilling form, but like. The best cheap rub I found is called Butt Rub, and you can find it at Walmart, and it saves me the time of spending $20 in spices and creating something fancy that tastes marginally better. Right. Because most of the flavors in the smoke anyway, honestly. It's um, true. 
So, um, so yeah, we had some barbecue and we watched the VGAs. And I will go into the VGAs a little bit more in the game section. I was, uh, this week, we've got a lot of games to talk about, honestly. But I was, so, you know, I forgot last weekend to get um, the Christmas lights put up. So I was going to do that today. And I got outside and it's like, man, it is wicked cold out here. And I was like, but I need to get all the stuff out of the attic anyway, so I might as well do that today and then maybe start my little tree. Um, I don't have a fake tree. that I've had real trees in the past, but I don't know if I'm going to get a real tree or not. I might go get a fake tree, but I've got a little fake tree that's very Lola safe in that. She hasn't shown much interest in it, but if I was to leave and she decided to get real chewy, like I can just stick that in here when I leave and it's very yeah. easy to move that. Yeah. You don't have to worry about a stand and a water pot. And I've got like a three foot fake tree that I wrap yeah. like two strings of lights around. Um, but yeah, I don't have yeah, to worry about very simple. I don't have to worry about my dog eating ornaments or whatever. So like I did all that today, but when I got in the attic, like I heard a noise that sounded like a hissing. I thought, is there a fucking raccoon up here? And like, I came down the ladder so fast that I like landed on my ass and on the dog. And, like, she yelped and ran out of the way. Huh. And then I realized it was there. Somebody's like redoing the house next to me. And yeah, they were running a chainsaw, and I'd heard it just starting to start up, and it sounded like a hiss. Oh, jeez! And so I fell down off the ladder, thinking there was a fucking raccoon in my in my. Uh-huh my damn attic and i was like oh my god like i didn't even know that i could still move that fast but like i like basically just dropped i was like i'm not getting attacked in the face by a raccoon that was what was going through my head right then that's Um, awesome but uh yeah no raccoon no sign of anything even didn't look like there's even spiders up there which was nice nice Uh, it's very clean attic very surprised nice um that's that's actually pretty rare because you know your attic is like the easiest thing for animals to get into that's yeah and i don't keep a lot of shit up there there's plenty of shit i could probably put up there but like honestly all that's in my damn attic is like christmas shit and some old technology i need to throw away and a handful of things so like Everything's right around the entrance, and I've got a little magnetic light that I just pop up against one of the joists, and then I can see through the attic. But it's uh, that was pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, as far as like actual interesting things outside of the random bullshit that's happened this week, um, got my PS5. So right after Thanksgiving, um, before we did the last show. I went and got a Walmart Plus subscription so that I could get a PS5 on Cyber Monday. And Rusty had overslept. He was going to get one. It was the same night that everybody was over here for Friendsgiving. And we uh, it wasn't that night. It was in the morning. It was at like at noon on Cyber Monday that they were releasing them. If you had a Walmart Plus subscription, you just needed to log in to the site and then just like be on the page when it hit noon our time. Yeah. And I literally refreshed once and it said add to cart. So I hit add to cart and then it said you your 
had a timer that popped up that said we'll let you know in the next 10 minutes that um, we can that you can add this to your cart and then you will have 10 minutes to finalize your transaction otherwise it'll be deleted and so weird I added a couple of games to my cart and then I just waited for a minute and listened to a podcast and then hit add to cart and purchase and then it took two weeks to get here so wow yeah but it wasn't it's it's at MSRP a I got the disc version I don't like the discless version because one of the benefits of having a console over a PC is being able to share games um and I was going to not absolutely it's one of the things that's pissed me off about getting Final Fantasy 7 remake on the digital because I was lazy versus the disc version is like, you know, I wouldn't be able to share it or whatever, you know. And, you know, there's other games too, right? Like, we shared God of War among all of us when that yep. came out on PS4. Um, and other exclusives like Last of Us or... Uh, what's that zombie game that I get basically loaned to you? Um, shit, why does it keep doing that? I'm just you need going to, to kill this program. I think you need to since we're going to hear that on the recording. Okay, there we go. Um, shit. Dead by Daylight? No, it's not Dead by Daylight. It's the game that, for whatever reason, got kind of, that a lot of people didn't like the character, but it had... Days Gone. Days Gone, yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind John St. John, the character, but apparently, if you're Kotaku, you didn't like that game. But, um... I, I liked it fine. My wife loved it. Yeah. She, she plays the shit out of that. She still plays that. Yeah, it's a good game. It's a, it's not an easy game. Um, it's a little bit different in a lot of those games, but yeah, I like that game. Um, but yeah, so anyways, we shared cart cartridges essentially, right? We shared discs amongst each other, and I felt like that was the way to go. So got disc version, picked up Demon Souls, and Returnal. Um, now, granted, I didn't get it until Thursday, and I haven't transferred save data over for my my PS4 yet because didn't really have anything to transfer over honestly but um it's uh didn't really take me all that long to set up to be honest with you it's just remember my damn playstation password which i haven't entered in a million years yeah um yeah but yeah that, I, that's I, what password managers are for sir. i well what would i use a password manager for on my playstation like I don't. I haven't logged in on my PC. That's the problem. No, I just have it on my phone and on my PC. So if I can't remember something, that's fair. Yeah, I because uh, there are things like PS4 and the Switch and stuff like that that I don't log into all the time. You know. Yeah. So I uh, I didn't get any chance to play it all on Thursday, and I worked too late on Friday. So. Friday, I got an opportunity to start Demon Souls and play a little bit of Returnal. Returnal's an interesting game. Um, I haven't quite figured out the loop on it yet, but I, I'm very interested in it. But the problem is, is that I really like Demon Souls, and I really haven't played it in about 10 years. Yeah. And it looks really good, and there's some quality of life features on that game that did not exist on the old version so for instance uh, one of the things about demon souls is you have encumbrance 
And so as you find little items and weapons and stuff like that, um, they start to fill up your inventory. Well, if you want to send it to your big bottomless storage box, you can now just go into your inventory and say send to storage. So you don't have to only, you don't get encumbered to the point you're fat rolling um, in this game because you can send items back and you can farm areas and just send shit back. Nice. Um, it's got a performance mode and a cinematic mode. The cinematic mode, I don't think they did it justice. It runs at 30 FPS, and I've been gaming at 60 FPS for so long, I can't play games at 30 FPS. It looks good, but the thing about the Souls games is being able to react quickly to things. Yeah. And it's not framey, it just looks framey to me because I've been used to playing it at least 45 FPS on things. Like, running at 30 or 24 FPS is, like, pretty hardcore on my eyes, and I can't really... Maybe they're calling it cinematic because it's playing at 24 FPS. I don't know. But it feels framey to me, and it may look slightly better, but honestly, playing it at the lock 60 is what you want to do. Like, I just... I couldn't understand why you'd want to play at a fucking low frame rate in Souls game. And it looks really good. Like everything you saw was me playing in performance mode. And that's looks really good. Maybe they have that still looks excellent. Yeah. The best looking Souls game is the Demon Souls remake, which is crazy. Um and then of course Elden Ring when that comes out. But um yeah, it looks hella fucking good. And like they redid a lot of models. They like (laughs) the things that were blobs before, now I know what they are. I know that those are little weird baby monks in the Nexus, which I couldn't really tell what they were before. Um, you know, just, it's got HDR support. It looks really fucking sharp. Um, it's, if it's not running 4K, it's running some kind of like, uh, whatever AMD's version of, uh, DLSS is. Like, it's really fucking sharp. Um, I'm having a blast playing it, and I'm playing it, Kind of having to relearn how to play a Souls game. I played, uh, I started off as the royalty class, which is a super balanced beginner class. But the thing about it is it starts you off with a ring that increases an item chance, item drop chance. It gives you, it's not Soul Spear, but it's a, it's a magic cast, a magic missile you basically get that, um, you know, it gives you a good range and it like pumps the pumps your magic stack up considerably. So from the get go, you can one shot most of the little enemies with your basic magic spell, which is super helpful. And it gives you a ring that recharges your magic over time, which if you don't have that ring, then you end up using items to recharge your magic. So that's super helpful. And it has high decks, so you've got lots of fast weapons. So it's uh Demon Souls never played this good. Um like everything looks great, everything feels good. Um just getting through I've gotten through two bosses. Yeah, two bosses so far. Um and the thing about the Souls games too is like yes you can be pretty crazy with it and like not level up that often and like dodge roll your way through stuff and spend really long times on boss fights trying to dodge everything and most everything's dodgeable like the thing about souls is there's an iframe like an invincibility frame so if you hit dodge 
and the swing hits in the middle of that dodge, you will not be hit. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, it's a lot of the stuff is pretty manageable. And if you want to level your way up through something, that's fine. Like, it's going into the, what do they call it? Is it the driller? Maybe I have to quit. The volume. No. I was trying to mute it and it's not taking. Anyway. So. System issues. Um, Yeah, like the there's an area where it's got these guys that are digging out in a cave, right? And mining a bunch of ore. And in that area, um, those guys were too hard for me initially because I'd only leveled up like once. And so I just started grinding out those guys and I found out that, you know, pointing weapons work really well with them. And I was like, oh yeah, pointing weapons work. So I'm going to, you know, up the damage on my rapier and then up the damage on my rapier. Now I can one shot backstab them. So like, you know, if you want to take things incrementally and then just kind of find problem solve a little bit to find out what works against an enemy and kind of learn the levels and grind your way through and it's great. But the thing about Demon Souls that's so much different, and I forgot about this, than Dark Souls is the fact there's no campfires. And Dark Souls lets you checkpoint in levels. Demon Souls does not. There are sections to a level, and you have to beat the section on that run. Yeah. Um, and it is fairly challenging. But it does make you learn the level, and then it does make you learn to appreciate when it is time to retreat and spend all the souls you've earned and try the level again after you learn something new versus just bulldogging your way through the whole thing because I'm not going to lose a level or two to curiosity, so to speak. Like, I'm going to be like, oh, okay, I want to poke my head out here and see what I can do. And I started to say that that kind of system, if I remember correctly, also made some of even the most patient gamers want to rage quit. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty patient. So like I like the grind of souls because I like the combat. Um and then, you know, like there's different animations to stuff, there's different damage types, right? Like I was fighting those skeletons, so like it's uh the island is the name of the level. And after you beat the first boss, which honestly the first boss like is probably the easiest in the whole Souls franchise, to be honest with you. It's a uh, it's a big blob that has a bunch of shields called the phalanx. You basically just use the pillars to line of sight the big blob that's throwing a bunch of spears at you. And you just kind of like kill off the little blobs until the phalanx has no army left. Then you just go in for the kill. It is a patient fight, but it is not a hard fight. Um, it just take, took me remembering. And if you were, if you want to make it a really easy fight, um, go farm a whole bunch of fire bombs and then bomb the shit out of them and, You'll be done with that fight in, like, a minute. Because, you know, every first boss has to be a, you know, undead thing or giant sentient jelly monster. Oh, looks oh. like, uh... Mounting. Oh! Yeah, she hasn't seen you guys in a while. Oh! She can't help it. She just... She needs her Jason. Yeah. The, uh... The Lola Beast has decided that she's going to go give Jason bunches and bunches of kisses. Just pretty hilarious. Honestly. Thank you, Lola. Are you good? 
Yeah. Are you done? Are you done? She's uh very excited. Yeah. You done? Such you a done? Uh, ferocious pit bull. You done? Are you happy? Are yeah. you happy? You and Rusty are the only people that she really does this to. She likes John quite a bit too. But she really likes licking your guys' heads and ears for some reason. I don't know why. Because we're a couple of salty motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> you guys bring the salt. So maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it, it's the sodium content in our sweat. Guess she's happy. She's going to go off and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I feel like I need one <laughs> Got a wet wipe somewhere if you want to. No, it's okay. The challenge is always trying to keep her tongue out of my mouth. Yeah, she is a, she is a liquor. As long as I do that, I feel like I did okay. <laughs> well, so like the week uh, that you got, we did Friendsgiving, I... Uh, brought her over to Sean and Brian's house and Brian's a big man, right? And I think she just really likes really big men. So she like when she we went over to the house, all she wanted to do was stand on Brian's chest and look his face. Yeah. She, she likes bearded men for some reason. Well, I mean, her daddy's a bear. I mean, yeah. And Sean and Brian are a couple of bears. That's very true. Cannot come up with a better descriptor for those two men. Well, yeah, I mean, they might as might as well be wearing flannel all the time. They are a couple <laughs> of lumberjacks. Yep. It, granted, not like you and I can really say much. No, but we have real good friends of ours, the gay couple, and uh, they are bears in every sense of the word. Every. Every sense of the word. Work on cars, classic cars, very beardy, very came moved back from the northwest, <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, classic beers. But uh, anyways, yeah, um, Demon Souls. So far, like I said, I've only gotten past the second boss, and I'm just when you got here, I was actually just grinding some XP, but the tip I was going to say is if you go to the island, which you can unlock as soon as you beat the Phalanx, um, the tactic I used the last time I played this, and it's... I don't think I beat the original Demon Souls, but I think I could beat it now. Um, it uh, The tactic on this versus Dark Souls is... Because there's probably some people listening to the show that never played Demon Souls, and it's yeah, one. It's one. That's of, an old ass game. Yeah, and it's one of the best remakes. It's not a remaster. It's a. It's a remake um, of a classic game that I've seen in a long time, and it's one of the premier games on PS5 right now. And I know it came out like about a year ago, but PS5s are hard to get, and I just finally got mine a year after the PS5 released, yep. and. The tactic for Demon Souls versus Dark Souls is 
figure out what you're weak on, right? Like you're you're gonna figure out your play style playing that first level on what you like, right? I would suggest the royal dude or the Templar. So you could go straight. If I remember right, the Templar was pretty OP. Well, so Templar is a knight that can heal, and he starts off with a talisman, and he's got um, that basic heal spell. Yeah. So which in early game makes i mean that shit's pretty useful early game well you don't get a estus flask like you do in demon souls like a, or in dark souls so dark souls is easier in a lot of regards like you get a rechargeable heal item right you may start off with like three heals initially and you work your way up to like 12 um and an estus flask, flask that heals more than it did before but you pick up like leafs and the leafs are what you use to heal in Demon Souls, and they're all items that drop. So you have to farm them or buy them. And which means that you need to be using them a lot less than you're fighting because drop chance isn't incredibly low. But anyways, the, the basic tactic is is learn the level, and then when you've made a lot of progress and you feel like you're about to take a risk, turn around and go back to the Nexus and level up. You're not going to be able to do that until you beat the very first boss, but after you beat the first boss, turn around, go back to the Nexus, and level up. And then try one of the other levels. And the level I suggest is I suggest you get a club or some kind of blunt weapon, and you level it up to like plus one. And then you go to the island where the skeletons are because your enemies in 1-1 drop like 6 to 12, maybe 20 souls apiece. The yeah. skeletons drop almost 200 souls apiece, and they're going to be a little bit harder initially, but you're going to get over that. And the little run up to the, I'm going to call it the gate, you know, it's a little archway with some archers. The That little run is like 2,000 souls, and it takes about less than five minutes. And it takes about 20 minutes or more in 1-1 one, one to get those 2,000 souls. So you can make this little run a few times. Um. And, and grind a few levels out of it. Yeah, and then get used to how to deal with the skeletons, which are kind of a harder enemy. Don't go too far, but you could do that and get some early levels real quick and then go back to 1-2, which is what I would suggest. Um, and then when you get to through, well, I don't know if you do 1-2 yet. 1-2 is kind of hard for that spot. I would say... My tactic so far was going to the, I keep calling it the digging level. I can't remember what it is. It's the next level up in the Nexus from 1-1. It's like level 2-1. That one drops a whole bunch of shards, and you need the shards to level up your weapons. Yeah. And you need a piercing weapon or magic. So right off the bat, you'll get a pickaxe from one of those dudes. You can use that pickaxe to take out, like level up with that pickaxe, and use that to farm shards in that little area, and then get used to that enemy type, and then unlock the shortcut. And then Makes you can go sense. back after you've gotten a bunch of shards and leveled up a couple of weapons. You get all your shards you want from there. And then you go back to one, two, and there's a whole bunch of shards in the very first spot that are really easy to get. Then level up some weapons. Maybe level up your character. Maybe buy another spell at that point, so you've probably unlocked a few more people in your nexus. And then go tackle the second boss. Um, And he's not incredibly hard he's a big dude with a huge tower shield he's like 40 feet tall he seems like he's going to be really hard and initially he's going to be really hard but you just need to go and clear the ramparts of all the archers and he can't shoot you if you're behind the ramparts and then you go back to him and then you just 
got to figure out how to get behind him, and then you whack his feet until he falls down, and then you... Waylay the shit out of him. Yeah, waylay the shit out of his face, and uh, Blunt worked really well on him. So I had a plus five mace at that point that I was just beating the fuck out of him. I got him on my second attempt. Um, I was like, okay, I'm building my confidence back on this type of game. It's like it really telegraphs what's happening. Um, it's not as uh, intimidating as it was before. And holy shit, this game is good. They haven't made games like this in a long time. Um, no, they haven't. And that's what this year sorely, sorely lacking. And last year was sorely lacking. And the year before that was sorely lacking. But I yeah. mean, Bloodborne's how old now? Uh, I think that came out in 2015. And that one was super fucking hard. Um, Bloodborne's a hard game to get into. It's That's the hardest Souls game, in my opinion. Uh, no, Sekiro, which is not technically a Souls game, but it's a Miyazaki game. That one's the hardest game. Then it's Bloodborne, and then it would be Dark Souls 1, Demon Souls, then Dark Souls 2, and then or Dark Souls 3, and then Dark Souls 2. Dark Souls 2 is very much the easiest one, in my opinion. Um, I think I beat that three times. After I got the use of Souls, I beat that like seven times. So, like, that's kind of been my jam for a long time. They're just, I'm really looking forward to Elden Ring. Yeah, Elden Ring looks great, but, you know, like most things involved with J.R.R. Martin. Well, I. Will it ever get here? February 22nd's when they said. We'll see. They still have like a whole almost almost two, two and a half months to yeah. change it again. <laughs> yeah. So there was another new game that released recently that I wanted to get your perspective on because I just bit a chunk off of it, and that was Halo Infinite. Um, have you been playing through the campaign? Yes. Yeah, I've bit off a, a pretty good chunk of it. Granted, mostly because, so I like the new approach. So Halo Infinite is, uh, I mean, it's Halo, but they made it a much more like sandbox open world map uh, with different objectives. It kind of reminded me of like Shadow of Mordor mixed with Far Cry or something. Yes. Yeah, very much so. Um so basically you have forward operating bases that that you need to clear you can save marine squads to you know get get a couple of bullet sponges that covenant seems to ignore completely <laughs> <laughs> um etc but uh uh so far i've been having a great time with it have it's you got, more have you gotten far enough to start doing some of the upgrades then? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that's something else that was new is you've got like I don't know what they call them, but you've, basically upgrade points. Yeah. You've got uh Spartan shards or some crap like that. I forget. Spartan points, whatever. Um that allow you to activate armor upgrades. Now one new thing to uh to Master Chief's arsenal this time around is they gave you a grappling hook. Yes, who's a little bit Batman. Use. So it's a little bit Batman-y. But it's great, and it adds to your strategy on enemies. 
Oh yeah, because the guys with the swords, you can like grapple and punch them. Yes. Um, and then fire at them while your grapple's recharging, and then hit them again. Or like the jackals with the shields. Oh, I haven't tried that yet. Can you pull hit, the shield? No, but you hit them with the grapple, and it tosses their shield arm out. So then you've got a clean open shot on them. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try that. It's great. Um, or you know, any elites you can start running the running the shield down with with an assault rifle or whatnot, and then grapple grapple them to a melee and finish them off. What's that tracking gun called? <sighs> the needler. No, the marine tracking gun. That's like a grenade launcher that tracks. Oh, I haven't gotten that one yet. Yeah, it's, uh, if you haven't played around with it, so the alternate fire on it. I mean, I pretty much stick to the battle rifle and the, and the assault rifle because. Well, if you can break that habit, the, uh, so it looks like a, kind of like a rocket launcher. Uh huh. It uses really big shells. I'm surprised you didn't get it after the first, those boss fights. The first boss fight, he drops that weapon. Oh yeah, no, I've not. I picked though. There's a uh, there's a brute weapon. Yeah, it's that like, launches like, like giant tungsten spikes or some shit. That is absolutely brutal. <laughs> yeah, I've used I've used that before. Used that one as well. The uh, well, I like the so like there's all the unlockables for I guess it's for multiplayer mm-hmm. that you find around the map. Um, but the uh, the open world aspect with like the objectives and stuff like that is kind of interesting. And I like I did a map where it, you had to raise these like you're destroying generators or something like that. Yeah, you're destroying fuel gen- well uh, fuel silos basically to um, to disable uh, um, what what production or whatever the brutes are doing. At that particular base. I know that there was some backlash against the graphics last year when they were originally going to release it. They've obviously obviously done some touching up. It's a really good looking game. It's it's absolute. It's gorgeous. It needs DLSS, though. It it does need DLSS. Um, To run it in 60, I got to run it in 2K. Yeah, I wish... Wish I was playing it on my PC because I downloaded it on the Xbox. That was a mistake. Yeah. I wonder if it cross saves. Uh, I'm thinking about testing that. Because <laughs> the graphics be card honest. you got is much more powerful than your Xbox. And that That's true. Though not much. I mean, not much more powerful. I, uh, I'm running about. It's running about. Uh, 50 frames a second right now on that one S. I'll show you on break um, and then you tell me. But uh, uh, but yeah, I've been I've been thinking about it. I did the uh initially I did the Xbox uh, uh more for because uh I can play that on multiple different machines, including my surface or my desktop or you got to see if it does uh 
Oh, you've got pretty limited data, though. I was going to say you could try the Xbox Cloud stuff and then just see if it yeah. plays that way. Oh, my data is not too bad. I mean, I have the 300 mega megabit service. It's not like... No, I just mean your data caps. Oh, yeah. 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 I had to wait till Thursday to download it because of that. Well, I I've just barely touched but, it. I just I got through the intro. I got to the planet. I got through some of those missions, and then the yeah. bar- and that was all on Wednesday. And then everybody showed up for Game Awards on Thursday. Got my PS4, unwrapped it, hooked it up, and played that on Friday and today. So yeah. like I just didn't know how to split my focus. Like I do want to. I don't know how long that campaign is, but it seems like it's going to be a lot longer it, than the other campaigns. It's definitely that that is one thing I'm going to say uh um it definitely feels like I mean I played a a couple hours yesterday and most of the day today and I just now basically got through the third major mission, the second the second actual mission on the map. <laughs> you know, there's that. Um, it's saying if you're a minimalist, you can do it in 10 hours, but a completionist. It's saying if you're a minimalist, you can do it in 10 hours, but a completionist is about 24 hours. Yeah, which is much more sizable than any other Halo campaign. Yeah. I'm really interested um, to see what they do with it, but I just downloaded the campaign. I didn't download the uh, season one multiplayer shit, and I do like they did that because there are people like me who are usually play Halo for the campaign because I genuinely like the campaigns in the Halo games. Yeah, I genuinely like the story. I actually think Halo is one of the, with all of the different elements that they put into it. It's, it's one of the most original franchises as far as first-person shooters. Like, I really, really like Halo 2. Um, that's maybe not a popular opinion, but, like, I no, really... No, Halo 2 is genuinely one of the best games, best first-person shooters ever. And, like, I genuinely like the story on that, and I remember having a lot of fun with that. I think I beat it three or four times. Well, and then they added even more to the story by doing ODST... And ODST was great because um, it had half the Firefly cast. You know, and then you had Halo 3, and then they did, um, what was the uh, Spartan Reach. Reach? I mean, it it's a well-thought-out, in-depth universe that has a lot two, of good story to it. 2 through Reach was good. 4 and 5 is okay. And... So far, Infinite feels like it's back on track with like a Reach style storyline. Like Reach is really good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'm telling you, the graphics are out of this world. Like with five, you saw some of the people in the cinematics and whatnot, and they kind of felt. Animation it, tech when five came out wasn't as good as it is now, and with mocap and a lot of other stuff like yeah. uh, the main buddy you well, have in even in infinite, yeah. like almost goes into that uncanny valley territory of like I, looking really, really close to real. Well, 
he's not quite uncanny valley because he's still he doesn't or he doesn't break the uncanny valley because it still looks realistic without it being uh creepily fake like the eyes are good the mouth is good etc yeah i don't know but you can still tell he's animated i mean it's not like they did a he's super real unrealistic yeah his uh main buddy right doesn't have a helmet or anything you're looking at a person yeah uh, but that is the one improvement over five now halo five i mean that came out in 2015 along with some other really graphically great games um that have much better character animation than it did and that was one of the letdowns with halo 5 yeah and then last year there was a lot of criticism over how halo infinite looked and then they've obviously beefed it up like i can tell there's been a lot of work that went into it but it so far like it's been a blast like you know the checkpointing's good so if you do something stupid it's not too hard to start over, and I do like the fact there's boss fights. <laughs> That's, like, something kind of different for that series. Yeah. Yeah, the boss fights are great, and it gives you different bosses, you know? Uh, you're not just... Um, uh, it, and that is that is one similarity to Shadow of Mordor that you brought up. Uh, on the map, you have high-value targets. Yeah that are actually generals in the uh, Forsaken Army or whatever it is they fucking call themselves again. I forget. Yeah. I'm kind of tired. I do kind of miss Shadow of Mordor. That was a good game. Yeah. But, I mean, it's it's really good. It It is a excellent game. But I was going to say, you know, Uncharted 4 followed not long after Halo 5, and Uncharted 4's, gra- that was as like, far as character graphics, were a hell of a lot better. Like, there was, it looked better than a lot of PC games. Yeah. Like, it was crazy what they did with the tech on that. So, um, you know, it's not, the disappointment with Halo 5 was it kind of lagged behind. Yes, the action was still good, and yes, it did continue the story in a fairly acceptable way. It was just not as technically executed as people assumed it would be. With Infinite, so far it looks like they went back, fixed those glitches that people saw in the in those initial previews and and the game looks really good it plays really smoothly the only thing um that i will say i noticed right off the bat is it plays slower as far as the gunplay the sensitivity I can get it nowhere near as high yeah, I, as I could in the past or with other first-person shooters like COD. or I noticed that, too. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like you're turning kind of slow. It feels fucking sluggish. <laughs> Especially since I also, knowing I was going to download Halo Infinite 
soon as I could and play it at some point this week. Um, that and I was just kind of done with uh, Age of Empires four. Um, for a little bit, I uh started playing uh started playing COD again towards the end of last week. Wanting something to shoot. Wanting something to shoot, and uh, man, compared to that, this is fucking slow. <laughs> That's a fair assessment. <laughs> I have the sensitivity maxed out, and I still feel like I'm turning at half the speed I do in COD. <laughs> well, COD's a faster game, too, though. Yeah, it is. But, I mean, even even then, like, Halo 2 and Halo Reach, you could get that you could get those going at a pretty good clip. Like, when I played through the uh the remastered versions of one and two I mean those moved still pretty snappy. Um so I don't know if that's intentional or if that's still something engine related that they didn't quite work out. I don't know. I'm assuming it's intentional though. Trying to make you feel like you're a eight foot fucking monster in armor. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but overall, still, the gameplay is extremely enjoyable. Um, the enemies are, you know, you have your, your same old, um, traditional covenant enemies. Um, but there's a lot more variations on the brutes this time around. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those play really well. Like, there's a whole new uh, uh, berserker thing, and those fuckers are scary. <laughs> they will chase you at high speed until you they are dead or you are dead. And they are hard to kill. Unless you just happen to have a bunch of sticky grenades or a rocket launcher. <laughs> well, I... I just fucking try to wean out everybody else. And that way I have a big supply of weapons to go through, depending on the situation, so that I have something... So I don't blow all my ammo on the big brute. So I try to get rid of everything else around it, and then I just unload with fucking grenades and everything else that I got to try to knock down that brute. Yeah. But I would agree, it does play a little bit slower. I haven't played COD in a really long time, so I wouldn't know for sure on that, but I definitely trust your opinion on that. Yeah, it's... It's super slow. But still enjoyable. So don't let that detract from the experience. If I can still enjoy it, even at what feels like half speed, <laughs> anybody can. Um, I don't know if I said it last week, but I did beat Battle Sector. Yeah? Um, I had a really good time with that. About 25 hours, I think, is what I put into Battle Sector. Nice. Um, 33 hours. I just checked my, my history. So, it took me 33 hours to beat that. Now, about an hour of that is me figuring out the game and then starting over. 
which is what happens a lot of times with me in strategy games. But, um, yeah, Warhammer Battle Sector is a very competent strategy game. I think if you like Warhammer decently enough, um, the story is actually pretty decent. It takes itself in some pretty great good way, uh, directions. It's not overly cheesy. The voice acting surprisingly good. The cinematics are kind of done kind of comic book, sort of like they show like a slowly animated battle scene, so to speak, or painting or something like that is how they do it. But it's all fully voice acted for that stuff. Nice. Um, and then the uh, fucking units themselves are brutal, and I like the brutality of how things work with that game. Um, you create fairly large armies. It's not like the 40K 4X real-time strategy games. Yeah. Nothing nearly that big, but you've got, like, at the end, I want to say I probably had about 50 troops in the field, which is what I was using. And then I'd fight probably three or 400 of the enemy, depending on what it was, whether it be swarms of stuff or several large creatures that I had to fight with lots of support. <laughs> um, but it's got like a whole tech tree and upgrade path for your characters and each of the different leaders provides different upgrade paths for their unit types. Um, I got to the point where I really liked a class called the Seraphim that had these like laser pistols that would like shoot a beam of a laser beam at things and just melt fucking armor. And they flew, so like every two turns they could fly and like go four times the distance so I could like use them to take like two squads to take down a boss unit. Nice. Which was fucking crazy. And then I had these little dudes that were like fire bats from fucking Starcraft that didn't start off with flamethrowers but then got flamethrowers and then they punch so, like, you could get two squads and take down boss units with them and also take out swarms of gene stealers with these guys. They're fucking tough as nails. So, like, but the combat, even though, you know, it's turn-based, looks really fucking punchy. Um, it's probably a little bit dated on the graphics, but, like, it feels really good. It's a really well-thought-out game with basically no bugs. Um... And that was well worth my time. So if you're looking for something that reminds you of like old old turn-based strategy games with bigger armies, like that's the game to go to. And if you like Warhammer stuff, it's definitely one of the good Warhammer games. Um, I started a game called Black Book that just released. I've had it on my wish list forever on Early Access. It's a really strange game. Um, it's a done by a Slavic studio or a Russian studio. And so there's a lot of like weird Russian cult mythology that's woven into this. Hmm. Black book is your spell book. Um, you're a girl that whose brother died and you figure out that the only way for you to get your brother back to life is to go to hell to save him. Um, and so you make a deal with the devil and turn into a witch. Um, because, you know, that's logical. And your uncle is a warlock. And you, your village, like, sends people to you to have for advice and counsel on how to deal with different issues. And then it, like, delves into the supernatural. So, like, there might be a famine, but it's a demon that's causing the famine. So it's up to you to go fight those demons. And so there's this whole, like, dialogue system that's like a detective story where you're trying to f suss things out. And then you, like, reference your folklore book 
to help with the stories to understand what the right choice would be that somebody with your experience as a witch would know to help them understand what possibly happened, right? So you're dealing with like hobgoblins and devils and all sorts of stuff that like it deals into the weird, weird Slavish cult folklore kind of stuff, which is really strange. Um, so you have this whole like witcher thing, right? You know, the witcher, you talk to the villagers and figure out what the weakness was of the creature and then go deal with the creature, right? Yeah. Kind of has that same mentality. Like that's what I thought when I was doing that. So you go and you talk to these different villagers and go through these different events and your choices affect the way that the battle's going to play out. And sometimes you don't have a battle. Um, there's this whole card system. So you can play a card game. I can't remember the name of it, but there's some old ancient card game that you play. Um, that's kind of like war that I've gotten fairly good at. And then you build a deck of cards for your different spells. And they're like offensive and defensive and buffs and everything else. And you can have a total of like 32 cards. And so you build a deck and you win these cards every time you do these fights. And it's a deck battler. And then you play through this whole level um, of solving these different problems till you get to like a boss fight. And then there's always like some kind of way to do the boss fight. There's some boss fights that you can that'll give you a special deck, and you can only win it a certain way. Um, art style's kind of cartoony, um, but it's written very in a very mature way, and the it's all voice acted. The voice acting is very strong. Um, I really like this game. Like it's a turn-based game, card battler, where you build a deck for your stuff, right? Yeah, but the like the art design just works um i don't know how to explain it it just works and it's it's probably worth watching somebody play a level just so you can kind of get the vibe of you and you're talking to different people and kind of sussing out what's going on in the story and it's one of those games you can't play with a podcast it's one that demands your attention the whole way but it's worth it because it's really interesting and engaging yeah and I really like stuff that like deals with old folklore. Like one of the reasons I really like Supernatural, especially the earlier seasons, was just how much it delved into like ancient monster lore. Yeah, the actual lore of each monster. Yeah, Yeah. like the old the old school stuff, right? The same thing with like uh, Witcher, right? Like going into like the old school monster lore of stuff. So it kind of has like that going for it. Um, I think I spent it was on sale like around release for like 15 bucks um super 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 worth it it's a super good game i have zero complaints about it um but you know we finally had a few releases so i ended up picking up something else um i may talk about well no i've got something short do you have anything else that you ended up playing uh no really i just played cod and halo now i do have so I have a little bit of a frustrating story about COD. What's that? So I went to uh, install updates because obviously I haven't rolled that in a while, right? Right. Um, instead of just downloading the uh, uh, the 20 gigs or so of patch updates I was behind since I haven't played it in more than a year. Yeah. It completely reinstalled the fucking game. Damn. That's like a 70 gig game. It was like 
120 gigs total. Damn. Because I had to reinstall every fucking single pack and then the updates. Damn. And then I'd install, uh, install the packs and go start the game and then it would tell me that I still needed to install packs that I had already installed. So I went through five or six different restarts of my Xbox just in order to play the fucker like Friday last week. That's super frustrating. That's fucking ridiculous. Um, so I have no idea what they're doing with that. And of course, because it doesn't just update Modern Warfare and it's multiplayer. It's got to update fucking Warzone at the same fucking time. Which at this point has become its own game on its own. <laughs> so just figure out what you're, what you're doing, Activision and Infinity Ward and get your shit together. <laughs> well, I ended up playing, um, so 1.0 release, um, came out for Gunfire Reborn. So if you don't know what that is, this is a game that I decided I wasn't going to play. And then TJ talked me into playing this and then Rusty decided I talked Rusty into playing it. So it's, it's a game where you play these cute little animals that, uh, um, shoot shit. It's a, it's a roguelike team-based shooter. Um, and I thought I would hate it because you play like a little cat. Um, yeah and uh ended up actually really liking it and it's got a lot of fucking unlocks well anyways 1.0 released it reset all my tech trees decided to jump into it and then me and tj and his son and his son's friend all played for several hours last week um and we got pretty far and i can say that everything from frame rate and graphics are all perfect now there's not a lot of weird issues that i was having there and then a lot of the tech trees and random upgrades that happen work well. They also add a lot of optional bosses to each of the different levels. Um, and a lot of different... Uh... So, like, when you get to the end of the level, it's, I think it's one of two or maybe one of three bosses that spawn for each level. So each level has a theme. So, like, you start off and it's like four or like a dungeon. And then after you get out of the dungeon, it's like a desert. And then after the desert is like a forest. And after the forest is like an ice biome. And we made it all the way to the ice biome. But each one of those have an end boss that's like different based on the role for the dungeon, so to speak. And we played for about five hours on that run before we finally got stomped by the last boss. But Gunfire Reborn's pretty good. It's a pretty good co-op shooter. And if you've never played it before... I'll play it with you. That's pretty good. Um, kind of has a cell shaded feel like a Borderlands. Nice. If you can get past the art style, like it took me getting past the dumb art style to play the game. Quite enjoy it. It's first person anyway, so the only thing I'm seeing in first person are my paws. Yeah. Um, and my weird guns. But the gameplay is really fucking solid, and I think it's really well worth it. Um, I mean, anytime there's weird-ass guns, that's... That's cool. Play a little bit more Urtok, which I won't talk about too much. That game's pretty fucking solid. If you want a turn-based game that looks kind of like Darkest Dungeon, um, 
Bison Murtaugh. It's usually pretty cheap. It's really, really good and then really fucking grindy. Um, but it is a good, it's a good game. It's a good podcast game. It's not the best game of the year, it's, but it's a solid fucking turn-based game um, with a lot of nuance. Um, and they continue to release free shit for it. Um, Icarus. I finally played Icarus. Nice. Icarus, um, I'm actually going to talk about this for a minute because there's a lot of things that I really like about um, this game. And there's a lot of things that I'm liking about the developer. So right now it's released to mixed reviews, and I'm going to explain that. It's, the game's not optimized very well. However, um, there were some issues with getting into the game. Um, because of server issues. And so the developer has a Discord. And I started looking through the Steam forums, right? And there's a lot of people that are writing a lot of reviews because they're not sure what's going on and it's playing like trash or not connecting, etc. Go to the Discord. About every few minutes, literally every few minutes, there's an update from the developer in the Discord. And when there was any kind of outage, the developer was communicating within a few minutes. Wow. And then even within, like, they were even communicating things that they were patching and working on real time and then explaining the issue of the servers and then explaining things like, yeah, we basically accidentally DDoS ourselves because we didn't anticipate this many people to have to use Steam authentication. So we're working on that with Steam right now. We'll be up in a few minutes. And then the person that's, I can't remember his name, but he's the guy that created Daisy. He's the main developer, but he goes by Rocket in his forums. And the name of the company is Rocketworks. Yeah. And he was doing most of the communicating. So the president's communicating in the discord, um, which is crazy. It's not a real big company. Right. Um, but then like him and his engineer go back and forth and tell people like actively communicate what's going on in the discord. And I've never seen anything like that. Um, which is one of the reasons why I've just kind of stuck with it. Um, when I first ran it, um, it does not, it will not run without DLSS in even 2k. So, I have tried it with ray tracing, and I can only get it to run close to 60 at 1080p with ray tracing and DLSS, because uh, it's not optimized very well. And I've got to run it in performance mode with DLSS and not max shadows to run it at 2K on my 3080. So I know that if I'm having some performance issues with Icarus, with me be representing like 1% of the Steam share of cards or maybe two percent at this point yeah that a lot of people are having a lot of fucking problems running it and most of the issues that you see on the reviews have to do with performance so if you're curious i would watch some streams and maybe wait if you don't have a pretty high power card so at least a two series card um, if you're running a 1080 even in twin 1080s i don't know that you can run this that well um because it's just not real well optimized however um the gameplay loop is a lot different than a lot of survival games, so that's what it is. It's a survival game. Um, essentially, we terraform the, the people of Earth terraformed a new planet, but they fucked up, and so like the air is poisonous. There are some random alien creatures on the planet. There are, um, it's a really hostile environment, even though it looks kind of pretty, but it doesn't look pretty everywhere. And you are like a, I think they call you a prospector. And so you go down with nothing and you have to 
survive and complete the objective, then go back up. And it's got a real-world timer, so most of the missions are like six, six days or seven days total. So you've got a week to decide if you want to go back up to space or not, or complete the mission or not. If you don't go back up to space with your character in that real-world time, your character will delete. Wow. So you will lose all of your tech tree progress. You do not take any materials back up except for exotic material. Now, have I run into exotic material yet? No, because I'm still in the earlier stages of the game. But I'm also enjoying the zen aspect of the game, so not really rushing through it. I, I've seen that there have been people that have completed all the missions. There's like 40 of them. So I don't know how, unless people just mainlined objectives and did nothing else and are just like hyper-great at games... I don't know how you finish everything, but a, a very small percentage of the player base finished the entire game's missions for everything. But by completing the objectives or finding exotic material and taking it back, you earn upgrade points for your gear. You can use that to buy a blueprint for like a better bow or a better gun or a better um, suit that has additional inventory or additional oxygen, etc. Um and then you spend a very small amount of points to craft that item. Um, if you leave that item on the planet, um, it is gone, and you will have to recreate it. But you can take those crafted items back up with you. Okay. Um, and then there are some materials, apparently, there's a sandworm at some point you fight that you can use his parts to create stuff, kind of like a monster hunter. Yeah. But that's not really the main focus. The main focus is just like figuring out a way to survive fast. So since you don't take stuff back up with you, it kind of play it, I guess, a couple different ways. You can do what I like to do, which is create some kind of small base of operations and then set up a survival system kind of in the center of the map um, to kind of get everything set for you to go get your objectives. But You've got a tech tree where you're unlocking stuff and you level up. So I wanted to level up metal weapons or metal tools. So that's what I spent like most of the second mission doing was leveling up that stuff. Um, and then finding ore and stuff like that. And it's kind of weird because there's these things called cave worms. So when you pop into a cave, these worms come up out of the ground and you have to like shoot them um, or go up and melee them like a fucking crazy person. Um, but the light but the light is very, very close to you, and you can't hold your torch and use a weapon at the same time. So what you do is you drop your torch on the ground and then use the light from that to try to hit these things that are in almost inky blackness. Um, the creatures on the planets, especially early on, the fucking wolves are scary as shit. And as you move on, the wolves don't become that much of a big deal. It's mostly the bears that become very difficult. And after a while, the bears aren't terribly difficult unless it's a higher level bear with more health, etc. Or there's a group of bears. And then when there's a group of bears, that's really fucking terrifying. Because they're pretty fucking tough. Um, especially when you're taking a bear on with a spear and a bow. Or a knife and a bow. Well, which is usually the combo that I go for because the knife hits faster. Um, but, yeah, the loop is you go down to the planet. You create a quick base. You get your spawn point set up, and you get a food system set up, and then you kind of go out and explore. And initially, when you're newer to the game and don't have all the tech trees unlocked, that takes you a lot, lot, lot longer. So you might spend... I spent the first day that I had on a planet surrounding myself with campfires and standing in the middle of that campfire circle with a spear um, all night fighting wolves. Um, 
Then I finally got the technology to build my first base out of thatch, and it got blown over by a windstorm in the middle of the night. And then I finally got my base rebuilt back up, and then I had a lightning storm that started a fire, and that fire lit a bunch of rabbits on fire, and they came running over a hill. It was like five rabbits on fire running over a hill, lighting shit on fire. And then one of them ran underneath my base and caught my base on fire, and then my base burned down. That's amazing. Um, so now I'm building closer to water, and I made sure I had it's a fire beater. It's like a stick that you can beat fires out with on me at all times. Um, I after being in enough thunderstorms and my house getting struck by lightning enough, I started. I crafted the uh, technology for a uh, lightning rod out of copper. Now I have that on my bases at all times, so now my base isn't catching on fire nearly as often. And after uh, running over my campfire that set, uh, set up in my wooden base and then lighting my base on fire multiple times and having to rebuild it from scratch multiple times, um, I now have a fireplace that I can't run over and light my house on fire with. Um, I have dropped my torch in, indoors several times and burned my place down. Um, fires are real fucking danger in this game. Um... You can light a whole forest on fire by accident, too. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, you drop your uh, drop your torch in the middle of a bunch of ferns, and then they light up like fucking kindling, and then all of a sudden you got a whole forest fire. So, like, I've been, like, clear-cutting around my base to keep it from getting surrounded by a forest fire because I can't protect my base from a fire started by lightning if there's still flammable things around my base. So I tend to clear cut around my base and pick up all the ferns and everything else flammable around my base. Tend to build up right up against rocks so that I also have some protection against storms. The storms are really fucking intense. Like there's wind storms and regular rain storms and mix of rain and wind and like fucking I haven't outright seen a twister, but like you'll get these like microbursts that happen and then all of a sudden you have no roof. Like just fucking tears off the roof of your house. And then when you're outdoors, it starts adding all these crazy debuffs and you start taking damage and all this other shit. And you'll see trees like blowing down in the forest around you. Um, or like I've been out in the middle of like the lightning storms and it'll be like this crazy storm going on. And then lightning is lighting trees on fire around me all over the place. And these burning trees are blowing down and they're getting in my way. And like, I've burned to death a few times from uh, doing that. When you're on a map, the death penalty is XP, and then it respawns you either randomly on the map, or if you set a bedroll, then it respawns you next to your bedroll. But you can't craft a bedroll till you have the technology for it first, and you kill a bunch of animals for their pelts. Of course. So, nowadays, I can create the stuff for a good bow with bone arrows, and kill, and I've got increased arrow damage, so I can one-shot stealth shot a lot of deer and wolves and shit like that my first day to get my bedroll by noon that day. So, like, where I'm at now, that initial trial is not that big a deal. But when I started the game, that was a really big deal. It was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to surround myself with campfires and build, like, a little roof um, while I get this done. But nowadays, it's not as big a deal. But, yeah, the survival loop's fun. The environment's difficult. That's That's the thing I like about it. The environment is very challenging. Um, and you get technology that helps with that stuff. Like you got to break rock, oxide rocks to get oxygen for your suit initially, but then you build a 
machine that you burn sulfur and oxide together to fill up leather air tanks, essentially. And then the next thing is I just got a machining table, so I'll be able to create oxygen tanks and then start to survive that way. I think once it gets optimized, I think more people will be playing it. But right now, it's optimized kind of like Cyberpunk was initially on console. Gotcha. And, and uh, for the lucky few that have a really beefy rig, it's pretty cool. But there's a lot of people that weren't able to score a card like that, that could get a card, but just can't find one. We can't play this right. And so, of course, your experience is going to be changed by that. Well, yeah. But, again, big kudos to the developer. I feel like they do, they've gone overkill with communicating. And if you go to their Discord, you will see that they communicate like fucking crazy. There's an outage. If you can't connect to something, guaranteed in five minutes or less, you're going to be seeing something from the developer. Like they were, this was on Sunday last week. And they're in New Zealand, and at like 4 a.m. their time, Monday morning, there's the developer, the producer, and the president all talking at 4 a.m. in the morning on a Monday after the launch. That's... In their Discord. It's a team that really loves their project and is willing to stand behind it. I mean... Yeah. Yeah, the reviews are all about performance for the most part. There's a few people that are jumping on a bandwagon and hating it, but if you like survival games... It's it's pretty it's pretty slick, and I can see them adding. They already added like three additional missions because they noticed people had already beaten the game, so they added like three more missions over the, this last week. Wow, that's what I'm saying. Like, just the level of dedication from the developer is pretty insane. Like in a year, this is going to be ridiculous. But I'm it's kind of an honorable mention territory right now because of the issues that are plaguing it right now. But with as active as Rocketworks is, I'm I feel confident that they'll pull through. Oh yeah. Sounds like they're on top of their shit pretty much completely. But I think we've been talking long enough. Do we need to take a break, Jason? I think so. I think it's about time to stand up for a little bit. Alright, we'll be back, guys. And we're back. Woohoo! So, just showing Jason a little bit of Halo, and Jason was teaching me a little bit of Halo. Just a little bit. Well, there's things I didn't know. Tis true. But that's true for everybody. So, But, yeah. Um, there's been a lot, like I mentioned earlier in the show, we were talking about uh, there being a lot of announcements. So, the... Game Awards were different. We'll be doing a Game Awards of our own soon. I felt really out of the loop because I hadn't played a lot of the games in the Game Awards. I didn't. So Deathloop looked kind of boring and uninteresting because the levels didn't seem to change that much. Yeah. Which is why I didn't get Deathloop. And I was just talking about Returnal, which the levels change in a roguelike, which I like that. Um so that's why I haven't gotten Deathloop, because, again, just didn't literally look like my kind of thing. Um, I know that made it into the Game Awards, not the Game of the Year. It takes two. I 
don't get an opportunity to co-op that often, and a game about the effects of divorce felt a little bit weird, and not really something I was all that interested in. Yeah. That got their game of the year. Which, congratulations. It's a game that Wooden Cod got game of the year, so there's that. But um, that was just a odd choice. Um, I guess, so there's this thing that I think I did when I was in my 20s where I tried to legitimize my gaming by saying it made impact and then tended to go for games that were more serious or had more adult stories to legitimize my addiction and my hobby. And where I'm at today, I have embraced it. I do a gaming podcast. I I guess for some people, maybe they want some kind of drama with some gameplay or something that tells impactful stories, and that's great. Honestly, the game loop or a strong story is what sucks me in, and uh, I didn't like the art style of that game, which is why I didn't pick it up. Um, but just yeah, there's a, I, I think, especially since we aren't real games journalism, um, yeah. I don't feel a need to feel like a real reporter and report on stuff that has impact like somebody over at one of the sites that I bash on so often. So I tend to just look at stuff and be like, okay, that looks really fun or that doesn't look really fun, right? And yeah, um, I kind of felt like that was pick for the reason of it having some kind of impact. But never went through divorce, thank God, right? I've never been divorced. My parents have never been divorced really couldn't relate whatsoever i just to be honest that's i've heard the gameplay is excellent um but a game revolving around that type of situation is something that i don't know kind of rubs me the wrong way i'm not saying that it makes it a bad game at all and it may overall have an okay message i'm not sure um i know that there are plenty of people um in the steam community who've said you know i am a child who was a part of a divorce etc and i have big problems playing this with the way that it portrays the the whole thing um so and having uh been divorced before myself i just i find the entire premise a slight bit offensive um but you know that's not going to be everybody and i'm not saying that uh again that that necessarily makes it a bad game but it made it not for me yeah that's fair yeah, I was just looking at the games that were nominated, like, you know, didn't really see Loop Hero in there. I figured that would be something that was in there, right? Um, didn't see some of the games that I played earlier this year, like uh, fucking Subnautica or stuff like that, like games that I thought were other indie darlings that I liked quite a bit more. So, like, I feel like our lists are going to be drastically different as every game that was nominated this cast hasn't played except for Final Fantasy fourteen, which is all rusty. So, yep. Um, yeah, like our game of the year is going to be drastically different than what you saw at the VGAs. However, I think Jeff Keeley did a pretty good job with it. Um, I feel I was even talking to John about this the other day. I was like, 
out of the games journalists, right? Like the people that I still like are, um, the giant palm crew. I feel like they have a pretty down to earth take on a lot of stuff most of the time. And then you got Adam Sessler, who I think still does a really good job and is still very passionate about games. And I think Jeff Keeley has been involved in a lot of decent stuff lately. You even did like a documentary on that was released on valve. Like the guy has been inundated in games for the last 15, 20 years. So like Sessler and Keeley, I have a decent amount of respect for. So like they picked the right guy for that. Just the award felt, the awards felt weird. And I felt for the first time that I didn't have any of the same input or like insight into that yeah. stuff. Like I felt completely disconnected. And for as long as I've been gaming, so long as we've been doing the podcast, that was a really weird feeling. I just kind of came away from it going, what? Okay. I mean, again, like surprise, surprise that first person shooter wasn't that. And then they put Halo on the list and that reward show came out a day after Halo released. And that was weird, but it didn't win anything. And that makes sense. But I think it was on player's choice. I was thinking to myself, yeah, that most people, unless they shat in a bucket, have not beat it before the game awards aired. Yeah. Um, or, you know, like Resident Evil Village, which is a fairly I'm, recent. I'm tired of Resident Evil. Release. That's um, that's all there is to it. I'm just, that game doesn't appeal to me the same way it did 15, 20 years ago. Right. It's nothing, they're not doing anything wrong. I'm just not into that genre as much as I used to be. Yeah. There was a time when I wanted to play stuff like Amnesia and Resident Evil and it just, I've, I still like horror themes, but I don't necessarily like that kind of horror stuff that often. Right. Um, other games in that category that were nominees that I feel were probably better. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, while I haven't had a chance to uh, play it yet, everything I've seen about it is extremely positive. Um Metroid Dread, which again, I don't I know wish... that that's fair considering that's a fairly new release. Oh, Metroid Dread um, came out early enough; it could have been nominated. I wish I'd yeah. have played that. It was nominated. It just didn't. It just didn't take it. Um, and Deathloop was also a nominee in that category. Um, I just feel like there were probably better options than it takes to. Um. It also won multiplayer game of the year. Um, Whoever was against, behind that. Against games like Valheim, and Monster Hunter Rise, and um, Back for Blood. Just, Back for Blood didn't even make it in. It was nominated for multiplayer. Yeah, I just, that was weird. But... Um, Something they did do yeah. that I really liked, though, is I did like the fact that they had so many trailers of things. Um, they did a really good job of showing off a lot of stuff that's coming up. Like, obviously, they showed off Elden Ring, and I think everybody kind of knows what they're getting. There's plenty of videos of their, the three-hour limited beta that went out of people playing that for you to kind of get an idea of what that is. Um, I'm obviously looking forward to it, as I'm already playing Demon Souls right now and enjoying the hell out of it. Um, but Homeworld 3 was a little bit of a surprise announcement. I didn't quite expect that. Um, but what I saw there looked cool. Again, it wasn't a lot of gameplay, if any gameplay. 
Yeah. But I like the theme they're going for, at least. Um, I would like to see a good Homeworld game come out, as I haven't really played that in a long time. There was also the announcement that uh, Massive, the same team behind uh, Shadow of Mordor, is working on a Wonder Woman game. Oh, I didn't realize it was the Shadow of Mordor team. Yeah. Uh, the Shadow of Mordor team. I'm, I've even that, said it earlier today. Like, I, I, I'm pretty pretty okay with them. Um, that seems like a good fit. I'm not going to lie. That seems like a good fit, and I think it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Um, there was also the trailer for Alan Wake 2 that both of us really liked. Yeah, I saw that, and I was pretty hyped. That actually made me... It's on sale, I think, for $22 on the PlayStation Store, and I was thinking about picking it up, but I'm kind of like holding off on spending more money on me. Um, so I'm I'm pretty excited about that. That may that would be the survival horror I'd be going for because I like the art style and what they're going for with that. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming to PC, so I guess Rusty is never going to get a PS5. Um, as I don't know that he had a vested interest in anything other than Final Fantasy anything. Um, so I guess I'm going to be the only guy that has PS5 for a while. But Horizon Forbidden West had a pretty long trailer that came out. Yes, that was a new trailer, and that looked great. I'm I'm always down for New Horizon. There are trolls on the internet saying that she looks fat. Um, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm fat. Um, what's your face is not fat, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, I don't ever understand that of people being upset about how an avatar looks or them not looking like the perfectly ideal female. Or it's male just because she doesn't look like Jessica Rabbit and animal pelts. That's fair. Um, Star Wars Eclipse was really weird, so Quantic Dream, um, is doing that, and I want to say, I've got to figure out, I'm getting Quantic Dream, I think, mixed up. I feel like Quantic Dream is the heavy rain people. Oh, jeez, I don't remember. Yeah, that's the heavy rain people. So... Quantic Dream did Heavy Rain, Beyond Two Souls, Detroit Become Human. Not really known for doing games that are not cinematic. Um, so I'm really curious as to what ends up happening with that game. Yeah. So, but we'll be yeah, able to... Yeah, me s- too. And of course, the... The setting looks cool The trailer they showed was a pre-rendered cinematic. It wasn't... Um, uh, it wasn't in engine, so you know we'll just have to wait and see what that turns out like. Yeah, I'm just. It's called a uh, eclipse. Eclipse, yeah, stores eclipse. Um, some of the other things that we saw is just the same trailer for. Uh, Hi- I was going to say High Lung, for uh, Hellblade Two came out, and then of course me and John started looking for tickets for a High Lung show and found a High Lung show for later next year. In Dallas, so I maybe go see that. Um, yeah, and of course there was same uh, uh, trailer for Elden Ring as well. So, no, that was a new trailer. Oh, was it? Yeah, it looked a lot of the pieces looked really familiar. Maybe that's just. So one of the main people that did Silent Hills named uh, Kashiro Toyama, 
um, created a new game called Slitterhead that looked like a, a horror game, but a horror action game. And the soundtrack's done by Akira Yamaoka, so the same person who did all the Silent Hill soundtracks. But Slitterhead is a weird-looking game. Um, I might actually be interested in it, but we'll see what comes of that. Another game that was coming out that I was interested in that none of the people that were here were interested in is called Nightingale. So it was a game where they... uh, Essentially, looks like you're going into a fey land or a fairy type land, and not fairy like as in like your little kids' fairyland, but like the modern like Pan's Labyrinth kind of stuff. Um, so you go through a portal, and it looks like it's a base building RPG kind of game where you gather materials, create a fortified town, and then go out and do quests of some sort. But it kind of had a weird steampunk vibe to it, and I thought it looked kind of neat. Um, there was. And oh, go ahead. We both were really excited for Space Marine Two. It's actually where I was going. I so I played the hell out of Space Marine One back in 2012, and the thing I liked about that game is it was a mix of melee and shooting and a third-person action game. Um, yeah. that unlike Gears of War, like encouraged you to get in the thick of it and fuck shit up. And I really liked all of the crazy-ass carnage that happened in that game. And the fact that they're making a 2 and the short little bit of gameplay they showed in the middle or at the end of it looked like the first game just more kind of tickled my fancy. Um, Speaking of Warhammer, though, Vermintide 2, Warrior Priest, which is the... uh, one of the last classes for them to create has come out. So I am super on board with that. Um, We were talking about old companies doing things that made sense. Rocksteady is doing a Suicide Squad game. Yep. And with them being behind the Batman games, the good ones, that makes me excited. Yes, it does. Though it will be a different dynamic for them because it is a, uh, you know, uh, unless they have you just driving one member of the squad, which I don't necessarily see them doing, um, be a little bit of a different game than uh, than the Batman series. So I'm kind of excited for that part. Yeah, there was a game called Forspoken that's coming out on PlayStation May of next year that looks like the setting of a modern Final Fantasy, but done in a real-time action game combat like almost so you were saying almost like god of war yeah a lot of like crazy looking range spells and a lot of like fast frantic action and it, yeah it looks like a ranged god of war it <laughs> which could be really really fun yeah i was gonna say uh but it very much looks like it's the uh uh, kind of one of those typical anime tropes as far as the story goes, you know, um, girl from our, from our world unexpectedly pulled into a fantasy realm. Yada yada. Um, we'll see more of it in the coming months, but I mean, what they showed as far as gameplay looked really great. Did you get a chance to watch the Dune the new Dune RTS, the Spice Wars trailer. Yes, yeah. I'm yeah cautiously I'm, optimistic about that. 
I am cautiously interested. <laughs> um, there was a, uh, I remember back in the day, I don't remember, this may have been a 2000 or 2001 game. There was an RTS Doom game, Doom game that was actually really good, but not a whole lot of people played. It it was one of those that really, really, really flew under the radar. If Trent was here, he'd talk about it for an hour. Uh, Trent played the um, fuck out of it. I played the fuck out of it. Um, in fact, I still have it, but can't hardly get it to run on a modern machine worth a shit. Yeah, it's if it's um, like a lot of the old games. So I have like there's this old Star Wars RTS. Um, that's turn-based combat. That's kind of like StarCraft. Yeah. And so a lot of the timing on the animations are tied to your CPU speed. My CPU speed was like 500 megahertz back then. Yeah. Are you and talking about Empire at War? I think so. But yeah, so like the game's like 20 years old at this point. Yeah. And if you, I tried playing it a couple years ago and it ran so fast that it broke. Like, it just, it didn't know what to do. Like, it could run at 3,000 frames a second, of yeah. course, and my machine's not and, built to run like that. And in the case of uh, the old Dune RTS, um, it's not popular. It wasn't didn't have a big enough following that, like, there's no real good emulator for it. Right. Um. I've even tried stuff like DOSBox, et cetera, try to limit the frame rate and just can't get it to run right. Um, so, you know, I would be down for a really good Dune RTS. So I'm cautiously interested. Um, you know, we'll see what more they show next year because I imagine this will be a late next year game. Early, yeah. early 2023, probably. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm, I want to see what happens with it. Um, one thing that was announced, which is really weird, is uh, so Telltale um, has got a new game, like all old Telltale games, that's based in the Star Trek universe called Star Trek Resurgence. And something I learned just in casual conversation with my buddies when we were doing this, is that Telltale is almost top-to-bottom different people. It was yeah. bought out by somebody else, and only a handful of the original developers went over to the new company. So it looks like old Telltale games, but it's a completely different crew. So I'm kind of... I felt like they kind of wore out they're welcome with the amount of games they did with The Walking Dead and The Wolf Among Us. And all those were good, but they're all basically reskins of the same game with a lot of the same mechanics, you know? Um, so I kind of wonder what what it's going to be like, you know, essentially almost 10 years later since they've released a game where they're doing the same thing they were doing before. Um. One, if you haven't played this, you should, but A Plague Tale came out yes. last year. Yeah. So they have a basically Plague Tale 2 called Requiem that's coming out, and it looks like the main character now has weapons, which was something that they didn't have before. Essentially, he had like a slingshot, 
You, I want to say you threw rocks. You did something to distract enemies or you could bonk them over the head, but you really didn't do a lot of direct combat. Like once you got rat powers, you would use the rats to mutilate and get rid of people, but it was basically like a stealth puzzle game. And I really liked it. Um, but, um, right now it looks like they're going a little bit more actiony with having additional weapons that look like the main character, the sister had like a crossbow on her back, um, and a melee weapon. So I'm kind of interested to see what they do with that. It'll probably be it on game pass. Um, they did a dying light two trailer, which, uh, just looked like, uh, the dude in it's a dick. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's all yeah. pre-rendered, so it didn't really show any more gameplay. Um, Vampire, Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt looked... I don't know. I mean, it's an arena battler, basically. I don't know what they're going for there. Like, is that going to be what people want to play Vampire the Masquerade for? I feel like most of the people, like you and Rusty, are way more into the RPG than the combat mechanics of a game like that. So Yeah, because it's about... It's an RPG. It, it's like Dungeons & Dragons. It's about the story. Like, in my head, it's like if you did a D&D battle, are- battle arena. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Which I'm pretty sure has been dubbed before. And it did not go over. <laughs> but... I think that's most of what I saw that I was interested. Well, I mean, they did the Tiny Tina's Wonderlands again. I am actually interested in that. We'll see what happens. And then they did Saints Row, whatever they're at right now, which I am cautiously optimistic in. Um, I don't know if they're going to tread dangerous enough waters to make that game fun or interest funny in the same way that Saints Row was before. And I don't know that today's climate can handle humor in the way that they were able to do from before. Yeah. The, I feel like... Uh, the kind of irreverent humor that made it what it was. We're a puritanical society now, folks. So, you know, nobody's allowed to laugh or make irreverent jokes. So, you know, humor's dead. So yeah. I don't know that they can do that with uh, Saints Row and actually have anything even slightly dangerous without it feeling I mean, safe. I'll be honest. I watched uh, uh, Bill and Ted again the other day. The new one, Face the Music. Yeah. And while I actually really enjoy that movie, all I could think was George Carlin is rolling over in his fucking grave. Yeah, right f- now. First one is definitely funnier. Uh, just because of the way the world is today, and he talked about all of this shit. <laughs> but, um, regardless, I just I would want to I want to see what happens with Saints Row. Yeah, and if they make if they I nail mean, the gameplay, like I'm all for it. But I don't know, yeah. like they can't actually get more bizarre than they did in three with superpowers. So, like, do I they mean, have to go back to the roots and then build on that? Like. It and just then ha- Saints Row 4, you had superpowers and aliens. I mean. Yeah, like, I don't know where they take it nowadays. So I'm just, I guess we just see what they do with Saints Row. That's why I'm not, like, exactly excited for it, because I just don't know what that looks like and if they can pull it off in a fun way. Um, I Did you see? I mean, we'll see. I mean, the 
My guess is it's probably going to be more in Grand Theft Auto level territory. If they copy um, Grand Theft Auto, they're fucked because nobody does Grand Theft Auto as good as Grand Theft Auto. Oh no, I just mean as far as uh, um, like storyline scripting, etc. I would imagine more on that level than. That's what they did wrong with Saints Row the first. Saints Row one, yeah. is a shitty Grand Theft Auto, and they didn't get it right till two and three, with three really being where they really peaked. Um, I didn't really see anything else that I was super interested in. Did you see any announcements that you were super interested in? That I didn't no, mention? I didn't. I mean, that's pretty much where we're at, and these are, you know, these are um, some of the. Half of the games that had trailers or were announced at the Game Awards were all games that um, were originally rumored or planned to be released this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, So, I mean, we're just, we're still making up, we're still making up from COVID schedule delays at this point. So there's, while we're starting to see games come out, there's still not a whole lot of new exciting stuff. Yeah, I think that again, we'll do our game of the year here soonish. And when you hear ours, it's going to be very 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 different than this. And there are games that came out that may be better than the games that we're talking about, but that's going to be what we played and there just wasn't a lot new to play. So I well, just feel like we're going to have to do you also have to look at comparison between a between a journalistic and the dag gamer view, which is firmly where we're all kind of at <laughs> in our years. So you know it'll be different, but I mean they're all games we genuinely played and genuinely had fun with, and that's what we always tried to do. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that, there's not really a whole lot else. I don't think um, on the uh, on the news front, game specific wise, um, the um, well, no, I take that back. There was also a um, a couple of things. Uh, Related in in games as far as like a offshoot, um, the uh, um, there was a trailer uh, that they showed that also um, highlighted Unreal Engine Five and its use in Matrix Awakens. Um, so you're you'd see some of that, that trailers on YouTube right now. You can go check it out. Um, unreal fives looking, looking really great. Um, we're still probably, a um, a year or so before we really see any games come out that were developed in it. But I mean, it, I don't know that it's been out more than a year at this point. It hasn't. It was just released at the tail end of last year. So at this point, with unless it's a smaller game, like studios haven't had enough time to develop anything in it. Yeah. And games take a long time, guys. 
They do. I mean, you look at um, uh, The Last of Us 2, that was a six-year development. Yeah. I mean, games are games take a while. Um, you also had trailers for uh, for the new Sonic movie, which, I mean, it looks like more of the same, to be honest. Um, nothing gets super hyped about, but, I mean, hopefully it's just as much of an enjoyable movie as the first one was to watch with my kids. You know, I don't want to slit my throat while I'm watching it. Right. Um, well, I heard Detective Pikachu is actually kind of funny. Detective Pikachu is actually, uh, (laughs) that's a whole lot better than you would expect it to be. Um, and then, uh, they also had a trailer for a new Halo TV series that apparently Paramount Plus is, has picked up and man, that looks like they're throwing a lot of money at that. Well, I mean, Halo's a franchise of 20 years. They figure there's enough fans to support it, I suppose. That's true, but, I mean, all the studios that got behind that, uh, initially got behind the series, ended up dropping out because Microsoft wanted more money behind it, and they weren't willing to take that risk. So, apparently, Paramount is. (laughs) I guess we find out if it's any good, but it being restricted to a single streaming platform seems weird. I mean, that's what's even on Paramount Plus. Um, right now you've got um, uh, pretty much the Star Trek franchises. Really, that's what not on lives NBC, there. huh? That's not on NBC on Peacock. No, that's uh, CBS. Paramount Plus is CBS. Right, but I thought Star Trek was on... CBS. Okay, I'll trust you. Yeah. No, it's totally a Paramount franchise. NBC's got um, uh, your stuff like uh, uh, Parks and Rec and stuff like that. But, because uh, NBC, you know, is the 30 Rock company. Gotcha. Um, so, I mean, that's the only other thing that, that's the only other things that I thought were interesting was there was some stuff that wasn't directly game related, which is a little bit strange for the game awards, but I think they're, you know, they were filling time with stuff that, uh, that was at least ancillarily related and interesting. So that's good. Um, any other hard news, though, I'm not really seeing anything outside of the Game Awards. No, and especially being end of the year, we're not going to have a lot of, in the way of new releases. So I think what you see is what you get. We're in December, so I think I think that's what we're going to get this year. And then everything else is coming out next year. Yep. Um, don't. Oh. Wait, no, I take that back. Um, there was a, uh, one more thing that I saw that I don't know if anybody missed it or not, but uh, Mortal Kombat 11 released trailer for new character DLC. I 
didn't catch that. Who are they advertising? Terminator and Rambo. They did that with the last game. Yeah. So those are coming back to Mortal Kombat 11. So, and of course, uh, as with pretty much everything Mortal Kombat 11 released so far, uh, the fatalities look absolutely great. <laughs> I don't think they can go wrong at this point. That team's got it down. Well, I don't, I definitely don't disagree with that. So other than that, um, I don't think there's much else, at least that I'm finding. Well, wrap it up for us. All right. Find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash real tiltcast and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Find some friends of the show. You've got Cabbage KBG. You've got For the Love of Gaming. You've got NoQuarters.net, BMFCast.com, and TVGP.TV. Reach out to them for all things Destiny. And with that, it's the end of the show. Peace.